want to thank everybody for tuning in to the four-time national award-winning POET Radio. This is Breaking the Silence, the Nina Purple Rain story. Get you guys to get ready to relax, get ready to tell your story, get ready to just get ready. Put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt on. And, uh, let's get ready. Let's see, we got a caller on the line already. Tonight is our, our special guest for tonight. It's going to be Lisa, Miss Lisa Jenkins. Um, she's an author, amazing lady, very good friend of mine. She will be our um, guest for tonight. So we're going to get right to it. We're going to get to why, why we are here, which is the callers. So I want you. To when I say your name, when I say your uh, when I hit when you hear your unmuted, state your name and where you're coming from. Hello, 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 state your name and call it, state your name and where you're calling from. Call, call if you hear your unmuted. State your name and where you come from. Lisa Jenkins, Chicago. No, Lisa Jenkins from Chicago. What's going on, sister? How are you? Hey. So, thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you um, for accepting the invite to come on the show tonight. I am so happy that you did. Thank you for inviting um, me, of course. You already know you my right hand. And and it, and uh you got an awesome story to tell. You got three awesome books that you got um right now. And so yeah everybody needs every everybody needs a copy of your books, you know. And everybody need to hear your story. So that's why I made sure I had you on my very first show. Exactly appreciate it. Yes, I'm so, so, so happy. Um, So first question is, um, just going to get like a little icebreaker until, you know, more callers come in. Maybe, you know, a couple of people want to call in say something to you or whatever or share their stories because that's basically what this is this is a no a, a judge free uh zone like we don't judge people on the story and stuff 
Because everybody got a story to tell. Everybody's story is not domestic violence. Everybody's story is not um, mm, mental illness. Whatever you know, your story is, so just to get the ice breaking and get the show started, can you tell everybody a little bit about you? Hey, I'm Lisa Jenkins from Chicago. I am a mother of a 25-year-old that's also dosing in Chicago, in Texas. I'm sorry. I'm a domestic violence advocate. I'm a survivor of 21 years of abuse, and I recently celebrated seven years out. So I call it my new life. I started seven years ago on June 28, 2013. I am in grad school to um, become a mental health counselor. And I, along with Janine, help victims escape so they, too, can become conquerors of abuse. And I'm a self-published author of three books. So what are the titles of those books? The first book is How to Get the Fuck Out, which is a step-by-step guide of escaping an abusive relationship. It's all the steps that I, me and my daughter, took to get out of our situation. Um, The steps work. But I do realize that every domestic or abusive situation is different, so the steps can be modified to fit anyone's situation. Um, the second book is A Mother's Love to a Broken Heart, which shows how I broke the cycle of toxic relationships um, between me and my mother with me and my daughter. And then the third book is Broken Pieces Made Whole, it's a book and also also a workbook. That book connects the dots on how I actually got into the abusive relationship, which was because I was broken as a kid from the relationship with my mom. So the first two books are written like separately, but then as I was going through all of that, I found out the connection. So Broken Pieces Made Whole is just that, how I put all my broken pieces together and made them whole. Now, I'm not my puzzle is whole right now, but it still cracks occasionally. You know, it's still a process, but it can be done if you put in the work. It's hard. It hurts. It's very fucking uncomfortable, but it's necessary for growth, and it can be done. So I'm here to serve as a physical person and personal being that there is life after abuse. There's life after toxic relationships. There's abuse after changing your life after 21 years, there is life after all of that. And that's my whole purpose behind writing the book. Me ending up in grad school is a result of the book because in writing the book, I realized that a lot of us go through a lot of the same situations and we think we're alone because no one talks about it. So I want to remove the stigma of not talking about it because if you don't talk about it, shit ain't going to change. And a lot of the stuff going on in the world is because a lot of these adults are broken adults, which were broken children. And that has to stop. Amen. So what do you what do you suggest? You know, we you know, people that are broken, what are the, you suggest that you do to like, you know, to change? What what do you think? It all starts with ourselves, actually. Um 
and I don't I don't claim to have all the answers. Uh, you know, I did everything myself. But I don't want anybody. I don't want other people to do it by yourself because it's hard. And I did it by myself because I had to. But it starts with talking and not being afraid to ask for help or just share your story. You know what I mean? Like when I when I got out, I had no intentions on writing any of these books at all. I'm a writer, but I like newspaper writing. I didn't like, I don't like this kind of writing. And one of my good friends who was going through a similar situation gave me the title to the book, actually. And once she said, she was like, you didn't just leave, you got the fuck out. Because we planned for nine months to leave. He didn't know we were leaving. Like, if we just, like, strategically got out with our lives. And so that's why it's a step-by-step guide. And then again, after this book, then the other ones just came. And, I mean, I guess that's why God spared my life. So I would say, back to your question, that it starts with you wanting to change. Because at some point, it doesn't always happen with everybody. At some point, you have to want better for yourself. And that better for yourself is not going to happen without you making the steps or you doing the work to start that. So it's okay to get, it's okay to say you're not okay. It's okay to get help multiple times. So I've gotten help about three or four times in the last seven years. I'm currently in counseling right now because writing the last book um, was real heavy. And then with the current state of the world, it was just, it's just been a, a very rough year, basically. And just talking about it and sharing your story. And sharing your story doesn't have to be in the workshop. It doesn't have to be on Facebook Live. It doesn't have to be in a book. Talk to somebody. It doesn't have to, you don't have to share it with the world. That's not what you want to do. But talk to somebody. There's help everywhere. You know what I mean? You don't have to tell your family about it. That's not what you want to do. You know, it's just it's all about you. And once you do that, and I'm like I said, I'm not saying anything is nothing is foolproof 100%, but it helps because just knowing you're not alone can make the world of difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, and make yeah. a, and change things. So I my my answer would be it starts with you. Which means I totally a million percent agree. Yes, Lord. So, where could everybody find these books, girl? So all the books are on Amazon.com, but they're also on my website, www.creativecorner.org. And creative and corner are with K's instead of C's. And um, that's where all the books are. And then you can also contact me on Facebook, KRA. Com and Instagram KR Communications the number one. Amen, amen, amen. So if you could, if you don't mind, could you tell us just like briefly a little bit about your story, please? Um. Okay. So I met my daughter's father when I was, I believe, I was nineteen. And you know, you you're young, you're dating, you're work. I was working full time at the time. You know. Everything was cool. Early on, I saw signs, but again, you have to remember, I'm broken. I don't know I'm broken, but I'm broken. So the stuff he was doing, I knew it was wrong. I didn't like it, but I didn't realize it was warning signs. 
you know what I mean, or police who, and then again, at this time, I'm not realizing this is going to be my daughter's father or none of that stuff. No one has a crystal ball. So as time went on, and again, I'm broken, so I'm clinging to where I'm getting attention from, whether it's good or bad attention. I don't, I'm not deciphering at the time the difference. I'm just knowing it's attention. And it's different than home. You know what I mean? So I just, I became, as, as a child, I became real good at hiding my feelings because my household wasn't emotional. There weren't hugs and I love you. We, we, we wrote notes to each other. There was no talking like me and my daughter do. We left notes for each other because our schedules were, you know, different. So it wasn't an emotional, open, talkative home. So I learned how to just be by myself, and I'm my only child. So I, I learned to just be me and be real quiet. So I just mm-hmm. continued on with with the relationship, and then I'm pregnant. And mm-hmm. I had an abortion in high school, and so when I got pregnant with her two years after high school, I was like, I want my kid. You know what I mean? And I didn't do it to keep him or nothing like that because, again, at the time, I'm not connecting that it's a problem. We're together. You know what I mean? So I had her because I wanted to have her. And then it just, things escalated. There were, over the 21 years, there were only maybe, there were less than five instances of physical abuse. So all of the, and not to downplay it or anything like that, but all of the abuse, a majority of the abuse was emotional and mental, which is why I think I didn't realize it until years and years and years down the line. You know what I mean? Like, again, I knew it was wrong. I knew I didn't like it, but I didn't see a way out, and I didn't have a support system to get me out. I wasn't taught any of this stuff about relationships, dealing with men. I wasn't taught any of that. I learned all this shit myself on the street. So I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, literally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I didn't love myself. Because had I loved myself back then, none of this would have happened. Or, you know, it wouldn't. It, not saying it wouldn't happen, I, I would have been able to or strong enough to get out on my own. I wasn't. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't know. I didn't know any better. And it just, it, it, that's just the simple answer of it. I did not know any better. And so it took several, several years for me to be strong enough to leave and realize that it took me to realize that that wasn't going to be, I didn't want that to be the story of the rest of my life. And some things exactly. happened where, you know, I I just knew I had to just leave. And, you know, it, my prior, but my priority was my child, not, not keeping now, yes, I did want her to have her father, absolutely, because what parent doesn't want the other parent to be there? Absolutely. Will I say I stay for him, you know, stay for her, not in the way you think. I stay with her. I stay because I was sick at the time. I had endometriosis, so I was, like, almost bedridden for several, several years, especially, like, during most of her childhood. I stayed to ensure that we both had a roof over our head because, again, I couldn't go back home to my mother. And I couldn't, I, I still made my own money how I had to make it 
but to cover my half of the expenses of the household. But again, I didn't have anywhere else to go. So I had to be sure that that we would be okay, basically. Do I regret that? Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. But Mm -hmm. it was nothing that I could do at the time. Yeah, you You know what I mean? Exactly. I had to do what I had to do. But then again, but then remember, over all of this, now remember when I got into it, remember I'm already I'm already in a box per se. I'm already yeah. don't have any feelings. I have feelings, but I'm not I'm not acknowledging the feelings. So add ten years of that at this point. Add fifteen years. You get to 21. Can you imagine how numb I was? I can, ooh, I can imagine, sir. Can you imagine, imagine how angry I was? I'm not the same mm-hmm. Lisa I was then. Lisa back then was, wasn't nothing nice. My attitude, tr- trigger, temper is not even the word for what I was. But it was because I was mm-hmm. miserable, sis. And I can mm-hmm. say that now. I was miserable. Mm-hmm. So when somebody is miserable, they, there's no happy nowhere. My, my happy was my kid. But outside of that, wasn't nothing happy. No matter what I mm-hmm. looked like, I looked like I had it together. I didn't. You know what I mean? So when I realized I love myself, maybe, uh-huh. maybe mm, 15 years in, then I knew I had to make a change. I just didn't know what that change was going to look like. It still took some time. But then some things happened, and I was like, oh, yeah, we got to go. So I started just, you know, like, okay, I didn't know how this was going to go because you don't know. You can never say what someone won't do. I didn't know if he was going to – well, I, in my soul, I knew he wasn't going to just let us go. It wasn't going to be, you know, I asked one time if we should – if we should separate like a year before we actually left. He said, no, I wasn't going to keep asking. Mm. That was my answer. You're right. That was your answer. That was my answer. That was the only answer I needed. Mm. He gave so it to you in the row. Huh? I said, he gave it to you in the row. No. That, right. Yeah, it was, a, it was a yes or no question. He gave me the answer. And mm. once I got the answer, and it wasn't the answer I, I wanted, I knew I had to do what I had to do. And that's when the point that went into place. Because I was only at this, now imagine at this time, I still don't, I know I'm being abused. I still don't have a name for it at this point. Because I just know it ain't right. Okay. You know what I mean? I I know it ain't right. I don't have a name for it though. So I ain't did no research. I don't know the statistics on that it takes an average abuse victim seven or eight times to leave. I don't know none of that shit to after I'm out. And mom, I got one shot at this, period. Or else it's going to be, if we stay, it's going to be, I'm going to be in jail because he's going to come for me or my child and we going to walk out. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to be mm-hmm. either in jail or on the run. And neither of those options appeal to me. Come on. So, because, again, I have a kid that right. I would 
go to jail for and kill for, mm-hmm. but that wasn't what I wanted to do. That was being her father. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and that's crazy. You got to look at it like that, but you know. It's on, on subconscious yeah. shit. Like that's still her father, you know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I can never be responsible for that. No matter what happened, no matter what he did, I was not gonna be responsible for that. You see what I'm saying? And so I, I had I did the best I could to get out of it safely and by the grace of God I did it the right I did it correctly. You know what I mean? And so yes. I want to help others do the same thing. Now, yes, now granted we was not married. Granted, she was 18 at the time. But don't let being married, don't let having small kids make you stay and lose your fucking life. Years and all that shit. Don't let none of that stop you. None of it. Because it's help out. None there. of it. No, I'm telling you, if somebody mistreating you, all they got to do is call us. If you guys are going through something, call me and Lisa. We, I, I'm CEO, and she's co-founder of Purple Pieces, and that's what we do. We go uh, rescue men and women out of domestic violence all the time. And when we come, we're not playing. We're not playing right. with you at we all, and we're not, we're not so, scared. <laughs> right. We get it. We know it's scary and all that. But when we come, when you call us, we're going to come. Period. We're going to do what we got to do. We ain't going to mm-hmm. sugarcoat it. It's get your shit and let's go. Let's go. <laughs> ain't going to give you time to that. change your mind. Nope. Let's we, go. So we, we, we ain't playing with you. <laughs> we're not going to talk about it because we don't have time to talk. We'll talk later when we get you safe. We ain't got exactly. time to talk about it. This ain't no discussion. When you make the... It's, it's, mm-hmm. We are... The break glass in case of emergency type of shit. You see what I'm saying? So we are. know that we, <laughs> that we come and there's other organizations across the world like us too. But we are coming for you. If you call us, come we're soon. gonna come. Yeah. You so since we got a couple of callers on the line, I'm trying to see is this somebody that one of your peaks or something? So we got a couple of callers. We're gonna get back to your okay. story, but we um okay. yeah, break it up and, and uh talk to the people. So call if you hear you unmuted, state your name and where you calling from. Call if you hear you unmuted, 773-818. You hear you unmuted, state your name where you calling from. Yo, this is L1. Hey, there go my brother. I, hey. I didn't hear I was unmuted though. I didn't hear I was unmuted. I just calling in and need just to check out your show. Congratulations on your show, sis. All the, uh, you know, all the good luck. I hope people call in. I hope women or men that's going through it give you a call and break the silence, you know. So I'm just calling in to support what you got going on. Just wanted to tell you I'm proud of you. And I hope this thing go nice and strong because you know I'm a product of a, a domestic violence uh, woman. You know, I come from that. You know, my mother was, you know, she was in that. So I've seen that with my own eyes. No one has to tell me about it. I witnessed it as a little kid, seeing, you know, a mother getting beat up, a mother getting abused, a mother getting thrown, choked out, and all that stuff. So I just wanted to tell you that I'm proud of you, sis, and, man, keep doing the great work that you're doing, man, because there's a lot of people out there 
that's not going to say nothing because they don't know how to say something. So thank you for giving them a platform to call me, you know. And I'm just here to support you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it so much. So how long was your mom in it, and how did she get up out of it? Well, let me tell you this. Uh, my My recollection of it, I was five years old. So me knowing okay. when she got out of it, I wouldn't know. But I still remember. They say when you're a child, you remember everything. Just so happened I did when I was only five. I remember that he used to kick in the doors. I remember that he used to hide in the closet. I remember that my mother getting thrown over the couch, getting choked out and all this and that. And I remember him almost killing me, and my big brother pushed me out the way. You know, we had a big door because we stayed on the west side. So I was born on the west side. A lot of people don't know that. I was born on the west side. He had these big old doors, like, leading to the basement. He kicked in the door. The door was coming down on me, and my brother pushed me out the way. So how long she stayed in, I don't know. I have to say maybe about two, three years before she got herself right. But as I was young and I was seeing all this stuff, I had said something to him that I remember me saying this clear as day to him. I say, um, I say, when I get older, I don't even know about killing, but I said, when I get older, you're going to be the first one I kill. That's what I told him. You're going to mm-hmm. be the first one I kill when I get older. I remember me saying that to him. I may not have said that like I'm saying it now, but I know I referenced mm-hmm. that to him. When I get old enough, I'm going to kill you. And by the time mm-hmm. I turned seven or eight years old, I found out that the man got drunk, jumped in Lake Michigan, and drowned and died. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I witnessed, I witnessed a mother being abused. That's how I know how serious it is. That's why, you know, even though I have a temper and all this and that, I refuse to put my hand on the woman. I refuse to go there because I seen the hurt and the pain that it did to a woman, and it's no joke Ooh. at all. Guys don't see themselves until you see yourself. And you looking like, oh, this is somebody I don't want to be. And sometimes people don't know how to control it. They don't know how to handle it, you know, because they need counseling. And a lot of brothers mm-hmm. need counseling. They, you know, they're not getting it. So that's why I say I'm glad that you got a show like this for people that don't know how to communicate, how to get out. Because I didn't see women get shot. I didn't see women get stabbed. You know, I didn't see it at all. But I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, you can only tell a person certain something that they're going to listen to. You know, you can say, you can talk to you blue in the face, but you have to be the one that's ready to go when you right. physically a remove them, you know. So, like I said, you know, I was a youngster, and I've seen it, you know, in my own eyes. So I hope people utilize this, this platform you're making for them because if they're going through it, and I know domestic violence ain't stopped, so we're not going to play stupid. We know what's going on. I know what's going on. I see it constantly yelling, the screaming, the hollering, and all this and that. That's not good with communication, and it might be a little bit more than what we see with the eye. So that's why I'm commending you on this show, because I know it's women out there that need this show, more than what they ever thought that they did. They need this. So I just want to, you know, like I said, I ain't going to waste your time or nothing like that. I just wanted to tell you that I hope they use, I hope that, that they utilize this platform that you're making for them. I just need it. Oh, thank you, brother. So did you hear any of what my, what my special guest said? Do you want to uh, comment or uh, say something to her? Uh, I heard, 
I, I think I called in when she was at the end when she was saying that uh, she she learned by the streets and all that because nobody taught her that. You know, I heard her saying all this and that, so I got a, a, a pretty good feel of what she was saying, you know, because when you're not taught this, like she said, you got to learn it by the seat of your pants, in which there was no book hey, for me either. No one taught me how to deal with the issue. No one taught me how to, how do you deal with your mom that didn't get beat up? What are you supposed to do with none of that? So I think that I caught what she was saying, and I hear what she's saying, and I'm glad that she got herself out of it, and her and her daughter or her and her child is doing better now. So, no, she don't have to repeat it again. I think I caught it. But, like I said, appreciate you guys for having us. You know, appreciate y'all for having us. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Elena. Thank you so much. Sis, you want to say something back to him? Um, thank you for sharing your story about your mom. I'm really glad that you you broke the cycle with yourself because even though a lot of people that are abusers now grew up in abusive homes and that that's all they knew. But I'm, I commend you for being strong enough and cognizant enough to realize it was wrong and that you did not want to be that person. Right. Yeah, absolutely so, right. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Yeah. I'm going to hang on the line. I'm going to listen to y'all callers and all that. I'm just going to put my phone on mute and just, you know, just, just sit in the back. <laughs> thank you. Y'all, you just got through listening to my brother, L1 DLJ. He is an awesome artist, a wonderful, amazing man. He is just one of the coolest, nicest friends to have. If you want to know something and you want to know it in the, in the raw and real, ask him. If you don't want to know the truth, don't you ask him, because that's what I like about him. He tells the God honest truth. He's not going to hold no bars back. So I want to say again, thank you, brother, for calling in. Sister, we got another caller on the line. Girl, let's see who this is calling us. If you, oh, uh oh, what am I doing? If you hear you unmuted, state your hold on, hold on, I'm messing up. If you hear you unmuted, state your name and where you calling from. Six eight two two four zero. If you hear you unmuted, state your name where you calling from. Hello, my name is Diana and I'm calling from Grapevine, Texas. Hey sis. Oh. Hey. hey. Hi. Um, first I wanted to congratulate you on your show. This is so amazing. I appreciate the space and the platform that you've created to help people um, suffering from domestic violence, mental illness, depression, um, things of that nature. I think is very much needed, especially in this time. So congratulations to you. And uh, I called in today to support my sister, Lisa. Um, I appreciate the fact that she is so open and transparent regarding the things that she has gone through. I admire both of you ladies for for you for creating the space and for my sister for being open to tell her story because you know that cliche we're only as thick as our secrets when you shine the light in those dark places you take the power away from what was harming you and so this judgment-free zone, this safe space that's been created just to speak the truth and to help others heal is amazing. And so I just wanted to say congratulations. Sis, I love you. You know you are a real-life superhero, and I admire <laughs> you so much. And so I'm going to 
put myself back on mute. I just wanted to support <laughs> and say hello. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak. No problem. Sis, you want to say something back to your sister? Thank you so much for calling me, and I ain't going to cry because, you know, you be taking me there. But um, you've been a big support system, you know, forever. And so I just want to thank you for being my sister and being there for, you know, the times I needed you to be there. And when I, even when I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, you've been my sounding board. You've been my support system when I wasn't sure of myself or I didn't want to do something because I was scared or it was uncomfortable. You was like, basically, get your ass and do it. You know, you don't curse. But that was the message, and I always remember that. So I want to say thank you for being who you are to me. Of course. I'm yeah. here for all that is Lisa Renee Jenkins. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not the full government. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God is good, man. I swear to God he is. You know, he, he has a way of bringing people together. And when you come together because of your story, because you have the same story, but not, you know, but it's similar, but it's the same. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and when you telling your story, you like, I'm like, dang, I, I think I went through that. And then when I'm telling my story, you listen to me like, dang, that's, you know, and we all be so shocked at for each other, like, wow. Can God, man, I'm so glad that God brought you out of that. You are such a strong woman. You know what I mean? And that's the words that we have for each other. And I I, I wanna I wanna get on another note. I wanna say thank you because I don't really be on Facebook that much because I've been at work, but it's be a lot of people like friend requesting me and uh because they've been to watch my documentary. So I just wanna take this moment to do a little shameless plug if y'all can. Go to YouTube and go to a Janine Hall story and see my story where I actually uh, got strangled to death and came back to life. So, you know, I I dedicate God gave my life back and I'm so happy. But I want to dedicate my life to others because I don't want nobody to pass away like I did. So if me and Lisa can prevent it and like we said earlier and we, we really mean that from the bottom of our heart, when we come, we coming. We are not planned. We are coming. We are we're scared. We're going to figure out a game plan. You know, we're going to make sure we're safe. We're going to figure out a game plan, and we're going to do what we got to do to come rescue men and women out of domestic violence. So, sis, I want to say, you want to hang up. You can hang on the line. Thank yes. I mean, hang out with us for a little while because your sis still got a little bit more, you know, uh, to talk about. So, yeah, thank you for calling in. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm gonna be here every every Saturday. Every Saturday. Don't be scared to call in. I'll be here every Saturday. So we're gonna talk about different subjects. This is right. This is a no judge, judge free zone. We're gonna talk about everything. Mental illness, uh, you know, if you got MS, lupus, whatever. We're gonna talk about it. Because sometimes people don't realize that mental illness and domestic mental illness, domestic violence, and bullying go together. It really do. You know what I mean? And people don't realize that, but at the end of the day, it does. Because there's it so does. many people that really that think they okay, but you're not. You, you, you suffering from something, man. 
You know yeah. what I mean? So, and yeah, and then you put in for a long time, and, and you, it, you can't do it by yourself. Mm-mm. Just can't. You can't. You can't. And then you end up putting your hurt on somebody else. So yes. that's a true statement. I heard people hurt people. That's a true statement. Absolutely. It is. All the time. It is. So, yeah. So, sis, I'm going to put you back on mute. We're going to uh, holler at your sister a little bit more. Thank you so much. Hold the line. So, sis, I want you to tell the people, how did you get out? What were the steps you that you take to, uh, took? I said, take my bag, y'all. What steps did you take to um, to get out? <laughs> okay, so once the first thing was making the decision to actually leave. That's you. That's where you got to start. And for me, it wasn't. I do realize that some people have to just leave immediately, like just closing the back. But for me, in my situation, it was a plan because. It was the beginning of my daughter's senior year of high school. I did not want to take, I couldn't take her out of high school. I wasn't going to, you know, derail her life like that. Remember, we're, this is all she knows is her family. You know what I mean? This has been her life since birth. So I had, I was cognizant of that, and we agreed to leave together. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like she woke up one day and I'm like, hey, we moving. You know what I mean? We had to do this together because she's technically an adult. You know, but she still, you know, had a say in that. You know what I mean? And so I made the decision to leave. I made the decision when I was going to leave. And then I talked to her. Now, again, I only talked to her because she was 18. I do not advise having this conversation with anybody that's not grown or anybody that's not mentally prepared for this conversation. I found out through talking to her that she felt the same way. She felt neglected in the same way that I was. So this is the most difficult discussion we probably ever had. We had it on a walk through the neighborhood. I remember, you know, remember very vividly. Um, Once we decided to leave, you know, because before I had the conversation with her, in my mind, I already had it mapped out, dates, like time, you know, time frame that type of situation. So once we decided to leave, I put the plan in place. So I started with, we lived in the same house, but we were separate in this house. So our living quarters were separate. I started by by shredding old mail. Most of the time, back then, this was 2013, a lot of my stuff came through email, but stuff still came, came to the house. So it was still a lot of, you know, paperwork, whatever. So I shredded all old documents I did not leave. I did not need. So you've got to keep checks up or tax returns, birth certificates, insurance papers, things like that. I put all of them in those like expandable plastic um, folders you put a little, little rubber band on them. So they're all in one place. Mm-hmm. So security cards, copy the ID, stuff like that. I started there. Okay. I started donating. We both started donating on our posts. The thing was we needed to leave with only what was our personal stuff, I with only what I paid for. Yes, I could have cleaned the house out. I didn't need that kind of karma following Because, again, I'm derailing my whole entire life in this one move and that of my child. So, shred old documents, get rid of old clothes, but do it strategically. Do a little bit at a time. So, it just look like you're doing a good deed. Don't do it. Don't just go through all closets the same day and donate 10,000 bags and shit. Don't do that. But do it a little at a time. 
again, this is if you have some. I had nine months plan. I realize everybody doesn't have that. So, but again, you can adjust it to you in your situation. If that's not part of your mission and you don't need to do that, don't do that. But I do suggest putting all your documents in one thing. It could just be grabbed and put in the bag. We also had our go bag because, again, we had a plan, but that plan could change at any given time, and we just got to go. Now, thankfully, we had support, and we had places where we could put these to go bags, you see what I'm saying, and places to go if need be, if there was, you know, an imminent danger or whatever. Um, once I decided that we, where we were leaving, we stayed in the same state, but just moved back to the city. We were in the suburbs at the time. Once I decided a general area, I bought a P.O. box because I wasn't, no one was really going to be privy to where we were going immediately. They knew, I mean, people knew we were going to leave because I wanted them to know we were alive and safe, but no one was going to know our exact details and things like that. And you still need to get mail. So I got a P.O. box like 30 miles from where I was intending on moving. So shred old documents, get rid of old clothes, get a P.O. box. Like $18 every three months. Um, once I did that, um, and again, that's over time because, again, I had time to leave. So just did a little bit of time, but still, because we still had to go about our day. I'm working, she's in school. We still got to maintain this routine because any deviation in this routine is going to be picked up. Because, again, we're, we're talking about a dysfunctional person. So anything different is going to be a problem. And so I couldn't let that be known that we were leaked. You see what I'm saying? There was some stuff going on. He knew I was probably done, but I never said the word that I was leaving because I think I didn't, I didn't, my life would be in jeopardy. And I didn't know, he came home a different person every day. So I didn't know when the day, if I was going to have to leave, you know, immediately or if we could just stick with our plan. You see what I'm saying? So once I did that, one second, I'm going through my little checklist. So PL box, then I started, um, like thinking about where I wanted to live and things like that. So I found a place. We, you know, we went to visit it, put a security deposit down, things like that. When you, um, I let the, the, the building where I was moving know that I was escaping a relationship. So I live in a high rise. So, you know, they have, there's an intercom system. You do not have to put your name on the intercom system. I gave them a, a alias, some name. You said that, you know what I mean? They would know who me. I didn't put my name on, on anything. All your utility bills, you can put a separate password on it. Like, you know how you call in and ask for the ID, they you can ask for the account number. You can put an additional password on all your stuff because your significant other is going to know your social security number, your birth date, things like that. But if they don't have that additional password, they can get no information. So you put an additional password mm -hmm. on everything, light bill, water bill, comment, cell phones, Internet, all that. Every single utility bill. Car insurance, all of that, put a separate password on. If your child is at school, put restrictions on who can get the information. She was an adult. So in college, I made it so only me and her would be given information about her at her school. 
you can do that for your kids' school, school. I'm pretty sure they're my, you know, in grammar school, high school, whatever. So no one can, you know, get information about them, that, that type of thing. When I left, I left how we did because I could not escape from home and still have her go to the same high school. That was a death sentence waiting to happen because, you know what I mean, you, that just doesn't make good sense. I realize people have to do it. But I, that was not going to be my situation. And thankfully, my job where I worked at the time, we had a we had separate locations. So I was able to transfer locations right before we moved. So they, he didn't know that I transferred locations. So thankfully, that's what I was able to do. I, again, I realize this is not going to be everybody's issue and options, but it's a possibility. I just tell my story to show what what can be done. You see what I'm saying? And I'm here to actually help other people devise a plan because this plan might not work 100% for everybody, but I am here to actually help you get a plan. So even if you don't call up and want us to actually physically come get you out, I can help, I can devise a plan for you that you can work on your own. You see what I'm saying? And so once I figured out where I was living, because in Illinois, you can put it down deposit 45 days before you're going to move in. So that's what I did. Um, okay. There are moving companies now. Uh, I don't know how, like, often and, you know, how, I mean, how how um, how many, but they are moving companies that will assist victims of domestic abuse, escapement. Thankfully, the mover I chose, I knew him personally, and so I, I told him the situation because I wasn't, you know, because the day we were moving, I needed everyone to know that if my ex was to come home, to just go. Call now one and just go. You know what I mean? So I had to let them mm-hmm. know the situation. Don't fight for me. Don't do none of that. Get in your truck and go. And that's, that Ooh, was, amen. you know what I mean? Huh? I said, amen. Yeah, just go. So um, I did that. Um, let's see. What else did I do? Um down the pot. Yeah, actually, and then I, um, about a month in, we started packing our stuff. And we, where we lived at, we didn't have a lot of storage space, so we all had bins anyway. So that made it easier for us. He didn't see moving boxes. He just saw the normal bins that he always saw. And so I was able to actually move over a week's time. I didn't have to just move everything in one day because that would have just been too dangerous. I was able to move over, over a whole week or a whole six days. Wow, like, that's cool. You know, you know what I mean? I was able to take a load of my SUV in the morning, and we took a load in the afternoon. We moved. So literally every day for six days, we were moving. And so that way, when we moved into the new spot, it was already set up. So I just needed the movers to move our furniture, that furniture we were taking. And literally, I left him with a whole house, half a house full of stuff. I only took our stuff. I left kitchen stuff. I left bathroom stuff. I left food because I didn't want none of that. I didn't need the karma. I didn't need the bad energy. I took, if I could have afforded to replace every single item we owned, I would have done it. But I couldn't. I took our personal stuff because that was not the time for me to be vindictive. In my, in my haste, in my pain, in my, and again, I'm not in pain because I'm numb. I'm not feeling nothing. I just know I got to get out. So I'm functioning real strategically. 
because my end game is getting us out safely. And so mm-hmm. these are all the steps I took to get out. And when we actually left, our phone, all our phones were on the same plan. When I knew that he was at home and he knew we were gone, I cut his phone off. So he couldn't go to the phone, phone store and track us or whatever. So I did that, and we left town for a week in case he was driving around, having to find, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we did that. And so, again, this is my story and how I got out, but you can get out, too. Please do not stay for the sake of these kids because it's damaging them. Don't stay for the sake of what somebody's going to think because I lost a lot of people, friends, out of it. Well, no, they wasn't, I found they wasn't my friends because I had someone that I thought was a sister. I considered a sister. She watched me go through all 15 years of shit with this man, 13 years, and she told me that she did not know if she was going to be able to lie if he asked where we were. And that rocked my soul. But in the midst of rocking my soul, I thank God for her saying that because she would have got a kill. And not that she wouldn't even know, because no one knew but my father where we were going. Exactly. She wouldn't have known the details because I didn't want anybody to have to lie. If you ain't got the information, you can't lie. You see what I'm saying? So she wasn't going to know anybody. But the fact that she said she didn't know if she would be able to lie told me that she didn't need to be in my life anymore after that moment. And she hasn't been. So be very careful yeah. who you feel because the people who will watch you and let you cry on their shoulder and let you spend the night at their house when you're getting beaten and shit like that, when you get a little bit of strength, they will turn on you like he did or she did. So be very careful who you take. And to this point, I can name maybe five people that know exactly where each of us are. And she's in, my daughter's in a whole other state, 2,000 miles away. But people mm. don't, I mean, yeah, they can find me. I ain't had but no one knows exactly where we are except for a select few of people. You know what I mean? So you have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. I haven't changed my phone number. It's the same phone number I had for 20 years. I, you have to be very careful of who you tell because, again, people like to see you weak and miserable. And when you get a little bit of strength, they turn on you. They take it personal. They ain't got shit to do with them. But they take it real personal. Come on, you got to tell it. <laughs> yeah, they take it oh, real you personal. Tell it. They take it real they take personal. It, they take it real personal. And these are things I wish I knew. In the new book, I, I share stuff. That's, that was one of the reasons I did the new book, because I go deeper into each of the stories collectively to tie them together. And I added stuff that I learned since in, in the last seven years. Again, I'm not the same person. I'm a, much, I'm a different leader. You couldn't pay me to be mad right now, mad at anything right now. So, and it's, it sounds really crazy because, you know, everybody has emotions. Everybody has feelings. Everybody, ain't nobody going to keep smiling every day and things like that. Things are going to upset you. But I can honestly tell you, I can't, I probably haven't been genuinely mad or upset with anybody or anything in the last four years. Sis. And, and wow. sometimes I'd be like, I'd be wanting to be mad. 
Because it just seemed normal to be mad. It was something obsessive. I cannot pay to be mad. And I know that's growth, and I'm proud of that growth. But sometimes you just need to be pissed off sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. It was it was the mystery is why I was so angry back then and popped off at the top of a, of a hat. If you call me, just like how we rescue people, how we come and rescue people, that was me back then. If you call me, something happened, Lisa was there in two seconds, no matter where you was at. Period. Ready to knock the head off. <laughs> and they knew that. You know what I mean? That's my soldier. That, <laughs> that's, that's my, my soldier. And that's not, I mean, yes, I'm still that way now, but that, that's not a good mm-hmm. place to be. That's why all these people is out here killing people, because they're angry as fuck. And they don't know why. Ain't nobody teach them how to share. Ain't nobody teach them how to take rejection. None of that. That's why we're how we are here. That's why all these people are dying every single day out here. And I'm just going to talk about Chicago because that's where I live. That's why this shit is like this. Because these people are miserable. And these kids made, were raised by miserable parents who are still fucking miserable. My mother is still fucking miserable. That's why I don't talk to her. Because I don't need the toxic. I'm not the same Lisa, so I don't need the same shit in my life. Exactly. The yeah. people are in my life. The people are in my life now. Love the fuck out of me. Genuinely, I can ask for help before I wasn't comfortable doing it because it was just me. I, every person is in my circle. I know I can call on for whatever, and they're gonna have for whatever. I never had that. Until these past seven years, hell, the past forty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that means a lot because this is a uh, it's this it's too big of a world, too fucking of a world to be in here by yourself. It is. It is. And a lot of these people so are in it by themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's we that's have a no problem. <laughs> we have uh-huh. another caller online. Uh, this this man is the reason for why we here tonight. Yeah, he was the one who created the show for me, man. I want oh, y'all to yeah, give okay. it up. Yeah, for the king of poetry, man, Mr. Black Ice. I want y'all to give it up for him. And he's also the CEO of Poet Radio. He's the CEO of Poet People of Extra Extraordinary Talent. Man, this is my brother. I love this man of life. So, yes. Hi, brother. So, what did hey. you hear? You say hi to Lisa. Hey, Lisa, you... say hi. Hi. Hey, Lisa. How you doing, Lisa? I'm good. How are you? I have a very uh, intriguing testimony, you know, that I've been listening to. But you know, your exit plan was cold. Your your end game. Your exit plan was cold. Yeah, being out, being out of town for a week just in case, getting the phone cut off so he couldn't yep. track you, moving yep. day and night for a whole week. Yeah, you ain't game yeah. cold. But yeah. you said 13 years, yeah. right? You were, um, you're afraid to watch you go through what you went through for 13 years? Yes. Okay, so here's my question, and here's what a lot of people want to know. Why, why would a woman or a man stay in a relationship for 13 years if it was abusive. Now, I don't want you to say, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to say anything about the man. I just want to talk about mm-hmm. you right now, uh, what your mentality was, um, 
you know, what, what was going on inside of you, you know, what attracted you, what held you there, what made you feel like for those 13 years that you couldn't leave. That's what I want to talk about. Like, what were you dealing with internally? Okay, um, it was actually, she watched me go, I knew her for 13 years, but I was actually in the relationship for 21 years. Okay. So, um, I was broken because I had, me and my mother, relationship was dysfunctional. So, I was never taught anything about male, female, you know, any type of relationship situation, how to be treated. um, My household wasn't a huggy, I love you type of situation, so I didn't have that. I just knew that he gave me attention, and it was different than what I got at home. So I, right. it, didn't, it took me to all, maybe 18 years to start, and I didn't love myself. I had low self-esteem, all of that. So all of that played a part in me saying because I didn't realize, I, again, I knew I was being mistreated. The majority of the abuse was mental and emotional. There were very few instances of physical. So it made it. And not even to downplay or anything, but it, for me, it made it maybe easier for me to sail through the years because I wasn't right. in my ass beat. You know what I mean? He, right. he worked, so he brought his half of the bills. You know, we met in the middle. The household was taken care of, things like that. So things were, you know, but he, not but he, but bad. he was, but he was, but he was verbally abusive for a period yeah. of time. That's what you yeah. said. Okay. Yes, yeah, the whole time, verbally and emo- mainly emotionally. But yes. Yeah. Verbally, mainly emotionally and mentally, yes. And so I would say that is why I didn't realize what was really going on so, you know, for so long. Again, I knew it wasn't right. I didn't have a name for it. I didn't know what it was. I just knew it wasn't right. right. And then once I started, like, loving myself and realizing I needed, it was wrong, I had a medical condition. I had endometriosis. I was bedridden practically for years. And so I couldn't okay. work a full-time job. So right. I, had, I was in college, I mostly, you know, four years or whatever. I took out full student loans so I could come with my half of the bills, things like that. So I had to do things to make sure me and my child were, were secure. Not that I stayed for her, but I had to be secure because I couldn't go back home. I didn't have any options there. So this was where I had to be until I was able or, you know, because I didn't know I would be able to survive on my own, support us on our own, you know what I mean, without having to live in some hole-in-the-wall gutter place where we're not safe. That's just the honest truth of it. So when I started loving myself, which was maybe uh, maybe four or five years before we actually left, then I realized that I needed to leave because I didn't want that to be the story of the rest of my life. I left when I was 38 years old. I met him when I was 19. So imagine, I, so I'm basically having to restart my life. You know what I mean? I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm derailing my child's life. That's all she knows is me, me and her father. So that's, we've been, he's been there the whole time. You know what I mean? And so I had to, short answer to your question, I didn't love myself. I was broken, so I didn't know what I was in was wrong. It needed to be fixed or how to even – I didn't know it needed to be fixed. That's, I guess that's a short answer. I was broken. I didn't love myself. I didn't have self-esteem. I didn't have a support system for someone to tell me it's wrong and to, you know, not saying they could have made me leave, but to help me realize it's something after that. So 
that's why I was there for so long because I didn't know for so long that I was being abused. I knew, right. I, again, I, and, knew I wasn't being treated right all the time. Right. But, I didn't but you were 19. You were, but you yeah. were 19 also as well. So that, that says a lot. See, a lot of women that talk about this, they only talk about what ha- what the man did, but they don't talk about the low self esteem, yes. the insecurity, yes. and that's why I always yes. want to get to the root of the part, you know, yes. to the root of the issue. That when someone's telling Absolutely. that story, they're saying that, "Hey, I was vulnerable. I, I didn't really think Absolutely. that, you know, too much of myself at the time." And maybe he came in, he appealed Absolutely. to all those insecurities at the beginning, Absolutely. but then at yes. the end, he made you feel like, "Ain't nobody gonna want you. Ain't nobody gonna, exactly. you know." Yeah, mm-hmm. without even saying that, because I didn't know. I didn't. This my my um my parents were together until I was thirteen. Me and my dad are still super tight. So me and my dad had a a, a relationship, still do. But at and when he left, and when I was thirteen, that's where my memories of my mother started. So she was in the household the whole time. I found out she was in nurse school when I was a kid, but there was no relationship there. I was always with my dad. And so I hold no fault on him. He was a man at the time that probably didn't know any better either so as far as what to teach me and that kind of stuff. But I had to love there, but it don't matter who loves you or what love you have. If you don't love yourself, ain't shit shaking. You know what I mean? I had him, yes, if I would have, and it was one time maybe, um, maybe four or five years before I realized I need to leave that I talked to him about leaving. He was like, I'm going to help you, but you got to be sure you're going to stay gone. I wasn't sure because I still didn't love myself. So I stayed. But I didn't have that initially because I didn't initially know it was wrong. And the reason, and what you said is why I wrote the book, How to Get the Fuck Out as a Step-by-Step Guide. Because for me, my story is not in what happened to me. My story is how I got the fuck out. You know what I mean? So I didn't, like you said, I don't. I w- I'm taking full responsibility for my shit because I didn't know any better, and I did not love myself, and I didn't know anything different. And I was thinking, I was dealing on basic survival. That's the, 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 the gist of it, and I'm, and I'm okay and, and comfortable and, and secure enough now to admit that. I couldn't admit that before seven years ago because I didn't know. But as I've grown and healed into a totally different person, I've connected the dots and know why it happened. And I take full responsibility, and I've forgiven myself for it. And that's why I want to help other people avoid or get out of it, because it, it's fucked up. You know what I mean? And we don't, have to, we don't have to deal with that. We just don't. It's okay to be by yourself. That's another problem. People don't know how to be by their goddamn self. So they settle just for the sake of having somebody, and that's the most ridiculous thing you could ever do. I agree. That's so true. I agree. You know. Ooh, that's so true. So, sis, I kind of got a two-part question. Um, oh, first of all, before I get to my question, tell everybody on the line them books, because I don't think they heard you. I don't think everybody was on the line when you said your books. Okay. The first book is How to Get the Fuck Out. Um, oh, one thing I didn't say earlier, I wrote it. Um, is written by Skylar James. That's my pen name. At the time I wrote this, we were only two years out, and so we were still healing. She was away in college. I still was trying to, you know, protect us or whatever. So it's under Skylar James. The second book is A Mother's Love Through a Broken Heart, which is under my name, Lisa R. Jenkins. It tells the story of 
being in a dysfunctional relationship with my mother and how I broke the cycle with my own daughter. And then the last book is Broken Pieces Made Whole is where I tie everything together. So I tied the dysfunctional relationship with my mom into why I, was a, why I got into this abusive relationship and stayed and, and all the things that come, in, come with being in an abusive relationship and being broken, being miserable, being angry, all of that stuff. And so, and also the book has a workbook with it because I, it's activities in there to go through to help you find out if you're miserable, how to get out of it, how your childhood can leave you in, how childhood experiences can lead you into adult shit. And I just want to ultimately help people, help people live their life, how they're supposed to live it, live perfectly purposefully and to get out what they like. That's what I'm talking about. So where could these books be found again? They are they are all on Amazon, but they can also be ordered on my website, www.creativecorner.org. Creative and Corner are with K's instead of C's. Creativecorner.org, and you can purchase all the books. I'm so proud of you. And I, I, before I get to my question again, I'm going to get through it. Black Ice, I just want to let you know that my sister right here, she's like my right hand when it comes to purple pieces. She is my right hand. When I call her, we going together. See, a lot of people think I'll be out here on the front line by myself rescuing people. We got a whole team. And she right there. Sometimes she'd be the one calling me, letting me know about people. You know, and, and, and we don't have people that don't lie to us. We don't. We rescued one young lady, got her all the way to Vegas because that's where her family was. So we helped get her a ticket and everything to go to Vegas. We not knowing that she came back last year for, for Labor Day. We just happened to, I think it was either, I think it was you, sis, that looked on, yeah. on Facebook and saw that this girl was back. We couldn't yeah. believe it. And, you know, we couldn't judge her, but we... I was like, wow, you know what I mean? She came back and her, her guy, and it's funny because I went to school with him and he's a, he's a Black Panther, the cub, one of the cubs or something, you know, so he's a part of that and that must really make it bad. And uh, he, uh, he stabbed her eight times and everybody that was out there with him, with her and him literally stepped over her bleeding body, went in the house and closed the door left the girl out there to die mm -hmm. so you know we, we we trying to we was trying to rescue her you know and reach out to her again you know it was kind of hard for us to get back in touch with her you know get in touch with her because i guess you know maybe she felt shame or thought we was gonna judge her but we wasn't you know what i mean we just wanted to make sure at the end of the day that she was alive and that she was okay so yeah so this any shirts later? How y'all doing, lady? What are you doing? He doing good. I got oil. Hey, how you doing? What's going on, my brother? Our question, sis. My first question is, have you ever, like, talked to your mom and let her know how you felt? And have your daughter ever talked to you and let you know how she felt about everything? What size um, I I have attempted to talk to my mother. She's not um she's not willing to um have that conversation. 
um, I'm a big believer in, um, okay, so say, for example, say I say something to you, Janine, that hurts your feelings. I might not realize I'm hurting your feelings, but I love you enough to say I'm sorry that I, didn't, I hurt your feelings, even though that wasn't my attention. My mother's not there. So a conversation will be mute because it will leave me more hurt than anything. Because she's going to still be who she is. Right, so, yeah. Um, this is my actually my second time severing ties with her. Um, when my daughter was 13, I noticed my mother starting to treat her the same way she treated me at that age. So I ended that shit immediately. Mm, so we okay. didn't talk to her for five years. And it was hard. Now, she treated, again, she treated my daughter how she, you know, same way. But my daughter, I made her hope opposite of me. So the strength that my daughter had in her 13-year-old finger was strength I didn't get till I was fucking 40 years old. So that she she was feeling, she spoke it. Now, I didn't always agree with it because she was a child and I wanted her to let me handle adult shit. She made her feelings very known and always had. So because mm, that time she was a kid, so I had to make her not talk to my grand- her grandmother for those five years. But I told her, when you get 18, if you want to talk to her, that's on you because I'll, I won't have to be involved in it. And that's what happened. We ended up reconnecting with her when my daughter graduated high school, actually right after we, we escaped our old life. And we you know, had a relationship with her. I was, I've always been guarded because just of the history of it. So she changed a little bit. She, you know, narcissistic people are, can't, don't really change. Not saying they can't change, but they got to want to change. She don't want to change. She don't see nothing wrong with it. I have, the short answer, I have voiced some concerns over the years. They've fallen on deaf ears for insincere apologies or, you know, things like that. So I had to make the decision to advertise again this past year because it just wasn't worth it. It was no, I was getting no benefit. I always say I have a mother. I never had a mom. It's a difference. So I can't miss nothing I never had. Now I'm saying, you know, it's, no one really understands not talking, someone not talking to their mother. I get it. She wasn't never there. So it was nothing. Yes, it hurt like hell. Because who doesn't want to have their mother? I'm a girl. I need my mom. But I never mm-hmm. had her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. My daughter, yes, me and my daughter talk five, six, seven, ten times a day. So we talk about every freaking thing. So, yes, we talk about everything. We talk about how she feels about her dad. We talk about how she feels about my, her grandmother. We talk about everything. So, yes, and we always have been like that. So even as a young child, she knew the relationship between me and my mother, because I vowed to her when I was literally giving birth to her that she would never know that kind of hurt, and I've kept my promise to this day. Now, yes, she's been hurt by some of the things my mother has said, but not to the level that I would. My mother can't cut her like she cut me. Mm. Because I built her different. I built her different for a reason. Mm. I like that. That was my that was my life's mission to make her to make her life total opposite of mine. Now yeah, she went through her normal high school shit, but she didn't go through none of the stuff I went through. I had to learn myself. She didn't have to do that. Because she had me. 
That's what's ooh my god. I like how you say that. I built her different. That's what's up. She notices that she's 25 and a whole grown woman living on her own. She lives 1,500 miles away. She called me right now, sis. If it's a plane leaving tonight, I'm on it. If it ain't, guess what I'm doing? I'm on the road, period, point blank. And she know that. She tell her friends, if I do this, my mama going to trip. Well, you grown. I I don't give a damn about her being grown. She's mine. And she will be, you know what I mean? She will act accordingly. You know what I mean? Because she know I'm there. Regardless, if my presence is requested and I'm able to be there, I am there no matter what. And that's another problem with some of these people out here. They think when they can't turn, they think you turn them loose. They don't know. You never turn them loose. They know you sure don't. They still still got to hold on back. That's the true story. Mm-hmm. So, sis, we are getting down to the end of the show. Uh, you guys have tuned into the National Four Time Award winning POET Radio. This is breaking the silence, the Nina Purple Rain story. My brother give me so many names, y'all. It is just the coolest <laughs> shit. I'm Nina, Nina, I'm Nina Purple, I'm Nina Purple Rain. I think I'm Nina Purp. I just got a million names, y'all, but I answer to them all because they all positive, uplifting, and keep me going. So I unmuted everybody on the line. Uh, I'm going to go one by one to see if anybody wants to say something to my sister when she can say something back to you guys before we go. Uh, L1, is there something you want to say to this before she you guys go? Uh, no, nah, I'm just glad to hear that she, like I said, she had a cold ex again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got to give her that much. You know, her ex strategy was, was, it was one of the best ones I ever heard. I couldn't have done that. I swear to God, I would have got something. You know what I'm saying? Like, wait a minute. I got to commend her. I got to commend her on how she exited and how she got away and how she did her stuff. So big ups to her. Hope her life goes well. Hope her book sells and go number one because she got a very interesting story. So it was nice hearing her and meeting her for the first time. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. And your sister from all the way from Texas, sis, you got something you want to say to your sister? Um, again, I'm so proud of you. And I'm I'm excited and very encouraged that you just are so brave enough to share your story. And I don't know if this is allowed. If it's not, please forgive me. But for those of you who have not had an opportunity or you know someone who would need this book, let me tell you, she's giving away trade secrets. I read the book, and I called her. I was like, girl, I've known her for quite some time. Like, she is my sister. And she was, I found out stuff that I didn't even know. And it's not just the point of her sharing her story, but she really gets down to the raw, to the nitty-gritty. And she shares all of that pain to help you avoid some of the pitfalls. So if you know anybody in your life or you yourself, Broken Pieces Made Whole will change your life. Now, I want you to buy every book. But if you only get one, get that one and the workbook. I love you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to let me speak, Miss Nina. And you all have a great night. Thank you. Love you, you too. Love. 
You too, you too. Black Eye, if you want to say something, bro. Yeah, I just want to encourage her to um, continue telling your story because what you're going to do is you're going to inspire someone else who's going through domestic violence. So, you know, sometimes God will allow you to go through something, um, not for yourself, but for the benefit of somebody else. So at the end of the day, it's for others' edification and God's glorification. All right? So um, God bless you, sis. Thank you so much. So, sis, if you have one thing that you want to say to women that are in men that's in domestic violence, what would you want to say? Get out with your life. That's that's the one thing. Get out with your life. You have a voice. Amen. You have a voice. Amen. And on that note, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for calling in tonight. Yay! For my debut show. This was yeah, awesome, man. So much, I love yeah. it. I cannot wait the next Saturday. And this might better not be y'all first time calling in. Y'all better call in. And and we are every Saturday, 7 uh, Central, 8 Eastern, and it'll be 5 Pacific. So, yeah, make sure you guys call in. This is Breaking the Silence, the Nina Purple Rain story. Everybody has a story to tell at the end of the day. So whatever your story is, it might not be domestic violence. It might be mental illness. Whatever your story is, it's your story. And this is a platform where you will not be judged. We're here to uplift and uphold everybody. And we just want everybody to feel comfortable. Call in and just feel comfortable to release, you know what I'm saying, and restore and just Get, just get get it out, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes stress will kill the heck out of you. Stress is oh not no God. joke, baby. Woo. Stress is something else, you know what I mean? Stress just took my hair out. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking on experience. I'm trying to grow my hair back. Stress took my hair out. So oh I just, yeah, man, seriously. Yeah, oh. so I want, I want y'all to, man, to, to, Tell them stories, man. Release, relax, and let go. And on that note, I will see you guys. Same bad times, time, same bad channel next Saturday. God bless you guys. I love you so much. And remember, tough times don't last. Tough people do. Peace.